the exciting, dangerous world of James Bond has arrived in Los Angeles. The Peterson Automotive Museum invites you to experience the cinematic legacy of over 30 iconic vehicles of James Bond in the new exhibition, Bond in Motion. This new Bond exhibition features the largest official collection of 007 vehicles in the United States, including the 1977 Lotus Esprit S1 submarine and No Time to Die Aston Martin DB5. Plan your visit today at peterson.org backslash bond. That's P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N dot org backslash bond. You're listening to Rogue Agents episode 22 featuring the James Bond movie trailers. the 22nd episode of the Rogue Agents podcast, a part of the Honor Majesty's Secret podcast channel, brought to you by our fine Patreon sponsors and White Rocket Entertainment. I'm your host for this extravaganza this evening, Alan J. Porter, though some know me, well, actually just the people on this podcast and nobody else, call me Tex. Tex! Hey, it's Tex! Howdy! Howdy. Howdy from the depths of scorching hot Central Texas. Well, it's a lovely 106 degrees today. Ew. All right. So joining me as co-agents on tonight's episode are Jared. Hello. So I am joining you. You are joining me. So as usual, let's, let's find out what was the most 007 thing that you've done since the last episode, Jared. All right. I, I got this one on lock. Don't you worry. Do you remember in Thunderball when Bond is at the Junkanoo and he gets shot in the leg? And he has to hobble all around for a while. Well, I busted my hip working out and I'm hobbling around just like Bond. The weird part is by about the next scene, Bond was back to regular stride. And it has been a solid three weeks for me. (laughs) And I'm not back to regular stride. So the most Bond-like thing I did hurt my leg. That's all I got. That's it. That's all you got. Yeah, hurt my leg. For that whole build-up, I was expecting something really cool. Then, like oh, uh, something you've been like uh, diving on underwater wrecks or something like that. With yeah, the whole I made out with Luciana Paluzzi. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I've met her, but she—it was a firm no on that. By the way. Oh, okay. All right, and also joining us tonight is Delvin. So, Delvin, what have you been up to? Of course, I'm going to blank, but you know the the movie where Bond has M and Monty Penny visiting him at his house. Mm, live and let die. Yeah, live and let die. I'm taking the Bond expert's word on that. Yeah, live and let die. I had Pat and Jared at my place mm-hmm. for Heroes Con, the comic book convention here in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina, just about a week or so ago. The house is still recovering from it. They burned it down. They're party animals. Don't don't let them into your house is what I'm saying. He's here. trying to cover. Just, we found a beautiful Italian agent in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm, Jared, my family's here. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but that's it. That's the most Bond-like thing that I've done recently. How was the convention for you guys? The convention was fantastic. It was great. Jared, mm-hmm. I'm sure, made a lot of money because I mean, people just kept at his tables. Like, yes, I want this 
book sketch. Yes, I want that book sketch. Yes, I want this book sketch. Pat helps sell sometimes. I help sell sometimes. I also picked up some Spider-Man comic books. Jared and Pat did a panel uh, on our other podcast, The Long Box Crusade, and they talked about tips of the trade that about two dozen people or so sat there and listened to in rapt attention. It was a really good time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And as you've mentioned him a couple of times, also joining us is Pat. Hello, hello, hello. So tell me a bit about Heroes Con and then your 007. Sure, yeah. Well, it all kind of fits together. Well, I'm going to pull in some of Jared. I'm going to pull in some of Delvin here and some of Heroes Con. So we all went to Heroes Con, gathered together, the meeting of the rogue agents, uh, the majority of us got together because Jarrett had his hip, whatever it was, wasn't working. What Delvin and Jarrett decided to do was turn it into a training session for me. So I felt like Craig, when he had to re-up and go through all that training again to get back into the game. And so I was moving all of Jarrett's equipment all around. That's true. Because he loves me. I do. Yes. And then we got to stay at Delvin's house. After I was done training, I'm making sure we're eating right, doing all good things, staying at Delvin's house, getting some good rest in the nice rooms that were there as well, too. So, In fact, I was the only one who didn't cook. Like Pat cooked. Jared cooked. Yeah. Miranda, my wife, cooked at one point. I, I didn't cook. I don't know how that worked out that way, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> That sounds like you planned it well, Delvin. <laughs> but sudden, I feel like we got screwed on this. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I think the mission went well. We all survived, but it was successful. Jared, like Delvin said, Jared had successful time. Delvin had a successful time in some of his findings that he got. And I had fun just meeting with everybody. We had a good time doing the panel we did on uh, Podcast 101. Oh, I just remember one more thing, Alan. What's that? I brought my license to kill adaptation. Oh, yeah. And my permission to die one, two, three by Grell because Mike Grell was there and he signed all of mine. So that was pretty cool. Very cool. So that's a little more bonding than my broken hip, but I just wanted everybody to feel bad for me. <laughs> you were just going for the sympathy vote, yeah? Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very cool. That's what about like you, a- Alan? What bond thing have you done since last week? <laughs> you thought you were getting away with it, didn't you? Yeah, almost. For the folks who listened to the last one, I wasn't actually on the last Rogue Agents because I was in the UK on vacation. And as part of that trip, we did a trip into London to do a meetup. We went to see The Living Daylights on the big screen. Oh, man. Jealous. At the Prince Charles Cinema in uh, in London, just off Leicester Square, which is where they have all the... The bigger theatres in Leicester Square is where they have the Bond premieres, but this is a small independent one down a side street. But it's a very cool little cinema. Um, and then afterwards, we ended up in the pub with Tom from the Bond A to Z podcast, mm-hmm. Scott from the Spy Hards podcast, a couple of guys from the James Bond Holland website, and AJ Chowdhury, who co-wrote the Some Kind of Hero book on the history of Bond movies. And after a few adult beverages, uh, AJ gave us a walking tour of London, pointing out all the Fleming and Bond locations within the area. So that turned out to be a really cool Bond evening. So. I guess Alan won this challenge. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're telling about our time in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my hip hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so thanks to those guys for making uh, Jill and I feel so welcome and hanging out in the pub with us and uh, to AJ for his impromptu walking tour. That was cool. I imagine in the pub they were like, oh, 
It's Alan from Honor Magic Secret Podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were more like, "Why are you guys taking up this table? Move." Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was a very cool uh, interlude onto our vacation. Thank those guys for making it such a great evening. This episode is the 22nd episode of our ongoing series on this channel called MI6 Rogue Agents, where we traverse the 007 universe. This could mean books, could mean music, could mean video games, essentially any medium that connects to the Bond franchise that we love so much here on Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. So let's get to our rogue subject for this episode. As I mentioned at the top, we're going to be looking at the James Bond movie trailers. And the guys invited me to join the Rogue Agents. And it was like in the rotation, I get to pick what we were going to talk about. I thought it would be fun if we actually sort of revisited the Bond movies, but not the movies themselves, but take a look at the trailers that played to entice us to go to the cinema, to go see them back in the day. So what we're going to do is take a look at the various trailers And we're going to mess around with the format a little. So each episode that I'm on the trailers, we're going to look at three trailers, work our way through, starting with Dr. No, all the way through to No Time to Die. And depending on how long this takes us, if it takes us another four years, there might even be another one at the end. Who knows? So what we're going to do is play each trailer and then get folks' reactions. And then we'll do our ranking on this particular group of three trailers at the end, if that makes sense. So I think probably the easiest way is to kick things off and let's take a listen to the trailer for Dr. No. My name is Bond, James Bond. My instructions were implicit. I was to leave for Jamaica in two hours, licensed to kill. Now you maybe miss it. You don't miss a thing. I decided to accept your invitation. I have to leave immediately. Just as things were getting interesting again. License to kill whom he pleases, where he pleases, when he pleases. From the elegant club rooms of Mayfair to exotic island night spots. Good evening. Who pays you? You. Tell us. A strange adventure of intrigue, treachery, and love. Hello? Oh, Mr. Bond. I was thinking, why don't you collect me at my apartment? It's lovely up here in the mountains. Her directions were easy to follow. And she sent a few of her friends to make sure I didn't get lost. She thought I was dead, but I proceeded to prove her wrong. I thought it was always polite to knock first. Before shooting. Honey, from our very first meeting, was everything her name implied. She clung to me like a wet bathing suit. But business as usual came first. The pace was killing. I thought you less stupid. 
I could have had you killed in the swamp. And why didn't you? You damaged my organization. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman whose luck is run out. Maybe it was my luck. Up to my neck in hot water. Or something blowing up in my face. You'll live dangerously with a superbly resourceful James Bond. The exclusive screen dramatization of the book that has entertained millions of viewers. The exotic and tantalizing Dr. No. Some people will go to any extremes for a little privacy. Let's go around the horn on a first watch, rewatch. Have you seen it, this particular trailer before? Or is this the first time you've encountered it? Delvin, let's start with you. Have not seen it. Even though some of those sound clips did sound familiar, it's probably because Jared used them during our rookie agents. Uh, is, that, is that the case, Jared? Uh, Pat edited those in those early episodes, but oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, they sounded familiar. So, Pat, was this a first watch of that? Sounds like it wasn't. I want to say yes and no, I guess, because of the editing that I had to do. So it was a first watch in a long time. Okay. <laughs> Jared, what about you? Uh, surprisingly, Alan, I don't think I'd ever seen the preview for Dr. No until you gave us this assignment. Like Delvin, I'd heard it because Pat was using them to insert in the old Rookie Agents episode. So I'd heard it and I'd heard it on other podcasts before, but I don't think I ever sat down and watched it. So that was kind of surprised myself i was like i don't think i've seen this before <laughs> so yeah it's cool cool all right so let's get some thoughts on the trailer itself so delvin what did you make of it for all three of the trailers the thought that i had was you know what's the selling point because that's the point of any movie trailer right is to entice you to want to watch the movie the thing that stuck to me the most about why i would be on the hook for wanting to watch this putting myself in the mindset of 60 years ago would be that it was saying, hey, you know, these cool books that Ian Fleming had? Well, here's the movie from it, Dr. No. Like, oh, okay. So that was the hook for me. That would have been like, okay, this has me very, very interested in what's going on with this movie. And it definitely gave me the sense of, you know, the why should I care about watching this movie trailer? I thought it went a little bit long, like overall as a trailer, and it kind of just ended and just kind of drifted to where if you knew anything about the movie, which of course people wouldn't, they already gave away the ending that Bond got away. That was one of my notes. Yeah, he got away with the girl. And I mean, of course, I mean, we're used to seeing Bond get away with the girl now, but maybe that's not something that they should spoil from the first movie that he got away with the pretty girl. And and one more thing, like, I know Bond, there's no such thing as video phone, but like when the girl draped across the bed, it's like, yeah, you should come up and see me. I would, I would have been in a car seeing like the girl too, because she <laughs> was an absolute knockout. All right, that's all I got. Delvin looking high and low for a sunbeam alpine. <laughs> this may be one of the points that the rest of you are going to make, but it does pretty much give away the plot of the movie Pretty sequentially. I mean, it's like a mini version mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, Very much so, yes. Yeah. 
Yep. All right, Jared, let's go with you. What are, what are your thoughts? All right. I only have five bullet points written in my notes because I made notes. Alan did a little research. Oh, amazing. I yeah. know. <laughs> I'll give you a minute to absorb that. The first thing that leapt out at me was the moving margins. There's margins on the screen that kind of cut in and zoom out and cut in and zoom out. And it's very cool, and interactive and almost comic book. You almost feel like comic book panels the way they do it. And I thought that was really unique. I hadn't seen that used. I don't remember seeing it used anywhere else before, but if it has, it's been used sparingly. I thought that was really neat. Definitely thought it was interesting that Sean Connery did the narration for the trailer or, or kind of split duties. Him and the narrator kind of split duties. That's another one of mine, too, is the monologuing that he did. Anyone can say that now, Pat. It's not your turn. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, Pat, I love you. I, I'm sorry. I, I regret it. <laughs> I promise Pat, Pat I'll be again. nice. <laughs> this me mean Damn it, Jared. <laughs> After I promise I'll be nice after you push my card around. But yeah, Connery doing his own narration was interesting. I think this is going to be the first and last time a Bond actor has done narration for the trailer. I may I, be wrong. I believe it is the only time, yes. I like the red font that's used throughout. I think it's really kind of bold and stands out. Really like the way that they drop the font every time a new main character is introduced. They drop the actor name right there on the screen. Thought that was very cool. Overall, I found it to be very exciting, and as we mentioned, I wrote my notes very thorough. I mean, it is a very abbreviated version of the movie, so in that sense, like Delvin said, if you watch that trailer and you go, oh, that looks cool, that's what you're going to get, you know, an extended version of that. So in that sense, it worked, but I also agree with Delvin, at about three and a half minutes, it's a little long, and spoiler alert, that's not going to change for the next one. (laughs) That's all I have in my notes, Alan, that's jotted down. So, Pat, what, uh, if Jared hasn't stolen all your notes, what were your thoughts? Only thing I have left out of my notes is the cool base and henchman suits. I also have cool base and henchman suits. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good note, Jared. That's, that, yeah. That's man. Man. yeah, you're welcome. They are cool suits, though, aren't they, Pat? Especially yeah, I that, thought they were cool. They, they look like Hydra villains from... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, these guys look pretty cool. And I forgot how cool the base looked. Maybe even aim. Aim. Yes. Yeah. More like You're aim. right. Aim. That's who yeah. I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Yeah. My my uh, something was just a little off. My azimuth. My targeting. We should move on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the I think the the biggest thing when I saw this for the first time was the Connery thing. Also, the I mean, you know, Delvin mentioned this is very much marketed around in Fleming's books. Mm-hmm. It's not about a James Bond movie. It's they talk about. Fleming's books, there's that long caption at the beginning about the book that sold millions, and that was interesting. And they actually have to introduce who Bond is, that he's, you know, agent with a license to kill, all that sort of stuff. So it was an interesting setup for the franchise going forward, I thought. Think about the Marvel comics and the MCU, which are two different entities, but they had to start off from somewhere and introduce these characters. And now the characters have an absolute life of their own. And that's 60 years ago. This was James Bond, where everyone just knew this dude from the book. And now, like by the time that it got to, let's say, when I first really started paying attention to James Bond 30 years ago or so, by that time, it was the movie character James Bond that pretty much anyone that my age would have thought of the character and not from the Ian Fleming novels themselves. So it's definitely yeah. cool how that movie character takes a life of its own after a while. Yeah. But to your, your point about the marketing, it was very much marketed around, as you said, Delvin, this is an adaptation of the book. 
that was an interesting approach. So if you'd have seen this in the movie theater 60 years ago, would have it enticed you to go see the movie, Pat? Yeah, I think it would. And I think having the take on these are books being turned into movies really is enticing about it. And I guess the way to think about it nowadays maybe would be the Harry Potter books. You know, you read those books, got into that universe, and now you're finally starting to see that stuff on a bigger screen and see it come to, you know, life. And so I think that would pull me in. Jared? Oh, it's hard to say. You know, when you're such a big Bond fan like we all are, especially you and I, Alan, it's like, of course, if I saw that trailer, I'd go see the movie, right? But if you, if you put yourself in that headspace, I think the answer is still yes, because they really did put together the best bits, right? They showed you a lot of action. They showed you a lot of sexy women. Fast driving, I think, was in there. One thing I noticed, I think they did hold back, and I might have missed it in the trailer, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they held back the spider for the tense moment. I don't think that made yeah. it into the trailer. They did a really good job, like especially like Bond doesn't shoot a lot of people throughout the it's shocking how few people he shoots through the entire series of movies until you get to the Brosnan area. He shot a lot of people, uh, but like especially in this movie, he doesn't shoot a ton of people, but they really got a lot of mileage out of the shooting of Professor. Zen. Yeah. Yes. Long story short, Alan. Yeah, they picked the best bits and they strung it together really well and tantalizing. So, yeah, I think I totally go see it. Delvin, would it have enticed you to the movies? I believe so, especially considered 60 years ago. I wouldn't hesitate to say that we probably read more as a society than we do now. People had time to sit down and and read and didn't have 24-hour news cycle and stuff like that or Twitter or Instagram distracting from their time. I would say if you made a movie based off of a novel, people would be much more keen to have probably read that novel before. And they still do that to this day. I mean, I, I already mentioned MCU, but I mean, think about like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings came out and that wasn't that long ago. People flipped out about it because these were books that they read as children that were being adapted. And of course, they're still taking any comic books, any any books and adapting them into screenplays that get changed into movies. It's a tried and true formula. So, yeah, I think I would be interested and watching it based off it, I would definitely be intrigued to want to see how they treated the character of James Bond. Very cool. I'd like to toss a question to you, Alan, because you're a little shorter on this than most. It's been a long time since I read Dr. No, but I see you remember that being, this is a pretty faithful adaptation. of Uh, Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dr. No got killed by poop in the book. Yes, he did. (laughs) In the book, he got buried under a a mountain of guano, but uh... But like I seem to remember it, it being pretty close, so I think they yeah. were pretty close to the source material on this one. But you know better than me. Yeah, they were. This is one of the closer adaptations. So uh, yeah, um, they must uh, stunk for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh yeah. And on that note, let's move on. Well, Alan, now let me toss a question to you though. Like, okay, from your perspective, you know, first time you see it, try to get Bond out of your brain if it's possible. <laughs> you see that trailer? What do you think? Yeah, I think I would have done. I wasn't really aware of Bond until Thunderball was coming out and all the stuff around Thunderball. But yeah, I think I probably would have gone and seen it based on this. Just as you said, even if I didn't know who the character was and had never read the book, it looked like an interesting, fun adventure movie with lots of action and pretty girls and fast cars and stuff. So yeah, I think it would have been... And I thought it was intriguing enough the way they did introduce Bond that you'd maybe want to go and see the movie to find, even if you'd never read the books, to find out more about this guy with a license to kill and 
the suave lifestyle and stuff. So I think they played up all the positive aspects of the character that would have made you want to go find out who he was, even if you hadn't or weren't familiar with the books at the time. So. Okay, so let's move on to the second movie, which uh, let's take a listen to the trailer for From Russia With Love. thriller could be more exciting than the first. Krilenko. So he's back. Another Bulgarian they use as a killer. Take a look. You should remember him. This man kills for pleasure. James Bond, that notorious, amazing Dr. No secret agent is back, and half the world is out to kill him, as he fits his murderous talents against the Iron Curtain and its velvet women. Well, I'll tell you something, Coltoni. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Russia with love comes Tatiana, fate for the trap. From the four corners of the world come the men and women who play a deadly, dangerous game of espionage. Do not be alarmed, my friend. We will make you as comfortable as possible. Ali Karim Bey, head of Station T, Turkey. Karazno Gransky, codename Grant. Chief executioner of Spectre. My orders are to kill you and deliver the lector. Oh, I do. It's my business. M of British Secret Service. The woman called Rosa Klebb playing a double, double cross. Klebb. Romano. The door. Romano! with love. They dance for him. They yearn for him. They die for him. From Zagreb to Sofia, from Venice to Istanbul, from Paris to London, Agent 007 cuts an inimitable path through the palaces and boudoirs of espionage. Dems, you're hurting me. I'll be worse than that if you don't tell me. I'm doing this under orders I know. What are they? Even if you kill me, I can say nothing. Okay. I thought that was interesting with this one and you 
I'm probably just going to stand on some of these notes here, but the switch from Fleming adaptation of a Fleming book by the second movie is already Bond, 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 Bond. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a lot of mention of Fleming there. <laughs> yeah, other, other than his name, Ian Fleming's from Russia with Love. There's no more mention of him. So I thought it was that great switch as soon as the second movie. I thought it was interesting. Anyway, let's go around on the first watch, rewatch. Let's start with Pat this time. Yeah, again, it's doing the editing for the rookie agents. I okay. probably remember seeing it, but you know, it's it's a it was nice to rewatch it again. Cool. Delvin? It's a first watch for me, Alan. Jared? This is a rewatch. Okay. And let's start with Pat again. What what were your thoughts, Pat? One thing that I didn't mention, but I mentioned in it now, is in this one you get a closer look at Connery. And man, is he young looking. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, wow, I can't remember how young he really looked after watching all the movies through. But I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty cool, good looking young guy at the time. I I don't, how old was he when this one was? Probably early 30s, I think. I mean, I'd I'd have to look it up. I can say he was young. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just to see how, how he's grown from there is amazing. Right away, it opens up with some action. And like you had mentioned, you know, Bond is back and boom, right away, he's fighting right away. And and I thought that was really cool that they just opened it up that way. My last note is just, I like how they named all the key players in here. They went through all the kind of key actors playing their parts or whatever, kind of said their names and then gave the, you know, the actor's name that was portraying them. Yeah, I thought that was neat. It's not something you see very often in movies these days. And I think, was that because some of the players in here were a little bit bigger name? I know like Karen Bay was, uh, when we had talked about it before, was some sort of a famous at the time, right? Yeah, pretty well-known actor, yes. Yeah. Particularly as, you know, I think Dr. No was, yeah, well, actually most of the people in Dr. No were un- unknown. So I think just playing up on that, I think, helped this time around. So, so Delvin, what did you make of the trailer from, from Russia with Love? A lot of what I'm going to say is piggybacking off of Pat. With Connery being in his 30s, they definitely started playing up more sex appeal. I mean, there are a couple of scenes where he was shirtless and looking very fit. And of course, they still had uh, the very pretty ladies as well. So that part of it was cool. It immediately got my attention with the action. I think that after the first movie, and they have established that, you know, this was Ian Fleming's James Bond, you don't have to over exaggerate that after the first movie. Most people who are going to watch the second movie, they probably watched the first movie or at a minimum told anyone who hadn't watched the first movie, look, come watch the second movie with me and then we'll catch the first one on DVD because they said that in the 60s, you know, to watch things on DVD. You know what? Never mind. But no, they would, they, they'd wait for the Blu-ray. So <laughs> possibly the Betamax. Uh, but I, I love the action, and I I definitely like the spotlight of the main characters in the movie. That not only did they spotlight the character, but they spotlighted who the actor was, actor actress was that played the characters too, because it just gave them just a little bit of spotlight. Nowadays, they're definitely more interested in those marquee names. Like if this movie came out today and were advertised, it would be Sean Connery is James Bond in 
from Russia with Love. That's it. You wouldn't know anything about anyone else because like they may have taken the main Bond girl. That's it. Maybe. But definitely would have sold Sean Connery and James Bond. And that's all that you would have cared about. I actually like the approach that they took in this movie going across the main line of actors and actresses, like five or six of them. That was cool to me. Yeah, it certainly was. It's great to see people get name checked like that. So, Jared, what was your thoughts? First of all, congratulations on your sharp memory, Alan. He was 33. I believe you said early 30s, so you nailed it. Wow. (laughs) I was looking it up while you guys were chatting. My notes are as follows. Again, I only have five of them. My first note says they knew what they had because they started with that train fight to just grab you. That train fight is still one of the best hand-to-hand combat fights ever put to film. To this day, it's really great. Like When people talk especially about Bond films, hand-to-hand combat fights, it's usually train fight. You know, Goldeneye against 006, maybe the train, the other train fight, and that Daniel Craig fought Batista. But like, what about the kitchen fight? Oh, well, that's Green Four, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest fight that doesn't include James Bond. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I uh, made another note that they improved the red font because I like the red font in Doctor No. This time they added black shadowing behind it, so it popped no matter what its background was. I guess that's just the artist in me that sees those things. This note I have here. I don't know if it directly relates to the trailer, but I wrote Daniela Bianchi hot. I don't think you have any argument on. Yeah, moving on. (laughs) That is my my number one Bond girl for the record, in case anyone forgot. I also was fascinating that every bit of music in this trailer is from Dr. No. I don't think there was a single rush with love scrap of music in that trailer. And I love the fact that they use twisting with James with the gypsy girl started dancing. I think they used, I think it was twisted with James was the track that they used. I thought that was awesome. And then finally, my last note, which I thought was really cool. You guys talk about how they name-checked all the actors. They gave you the breakdown for the acronym of Spectre. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Right there on the screen, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I laughed when I saw that because I'm like, did I remember what Spectre meant? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted you, they I were like... Yeah, you did. I think by the second movie, they were like, hey, Spectre's going to be our big sort of through villain, I think. Although they kind of step away from it a little bit with Goldfinger. But anyways, those are my notes. What about you, Alan? I was going to say one of the things I love is the breakdown of the acronym of Spectre and, and what it means. It's interesting you said about them using the music. I wonder how early they cut this trailer. Because mm-hmm. the voiceover, when he's going through the list of locations, he says from Paris to London. But there is no scene in this movie in Paris. Oh, good catch. So it made me wonder if there like, was an early draft of the movie. There was meant to be a scene set in Paris that wasn't in there. Or whether they just threw that in because they were trying to match city names. I don't know. but Because every other location they mention is in the movie, but not Paris. So Interesting. That sort of caught my attention as to why that was in there. Yeah, I, I, like you, the fact that they opened straight out which with what you might think is the hot once you've seen the movie is the highlight of the movie, the train fight that really does grab you is like, wow, this is just amazing, brutal action that we're, we're going to get. And then you say the, the sexy ladies Ooh. and so forth. This one's doesn't really tell you the story of the movie. This is more of a traditional bits and pieces, of bits it. and pieces cut together. Yeah. To, to I was about to say the same thing, Alan. I, I agree. It was much better edited overall. An ending with just the explosion, how it did. That's what I would think of when it comes to a Bond trailer. And even more, I mean, yes, most of them end with 
you know, he has the girl and everything. Yeah, but I mean, do you really want to see that in a trailer? No, of course not. You want to see the boom boom and the explosion and the action, and that's how it ended. It was much better done in this trailer than it was in the documentary. Yeah, it, it starts and ends with really high energy stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is yep. really pretty, I think it's right. interesting that both this trailer and the Doctor No trailer are about the almost the exact same running time, but this one feels faster. It does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Doctor No one is like, come on, get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> and this one is like, oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah. So very cool. All right. So would this make you go and watch this in the in the movie theater? I think I know the answers, but let, let's go around. Jared, would this make you go see it in the movies? Oh, absolutely. Especially in that time frame. You know, if I've already seen Dr. No, I'm seeing the big explosions. I'm seeing the beautiful women. I'm seeing the exotic locations. Oh, I'm totally in for round two. Pat, would this make you go to the movies? Catch this one? I think it would. Yeah. Don't sound too enthusiastic, Pat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what else is playing. What else is it? You know. It's hard to say. (laughs) Okay. Dovin? Yes! I maybe went too overboard, but yeah, the action, they immediately established, they said, hey, you've seen the first one, this one's even better, and based off the trailer alone, they were right, and so if I was just basing it based off of that trailer, I'm like, heck yeah, they clearly are opening throttle a little bit more with the action and the intrigue and the sex appeal. So, heck yeah, I'd be on board. I think this is also the only trailer that actually name checks the previous movie. Mm, interesting. Because they do, if I remember, I know we only listened to it a few seconds ago, but there is a thing in there when they actually say, this is the follow-up to Dr. Nell, I'm paraphrasing, those are not the exact words, but yeah. Um, and so I think this is the only one that actually does name check. that. If you want to see the previous one, Come see this one, type thing. So let's move on to the third one. Let's take a, a, a watch of the trailer for the aforementioned, somebody's already mentioned it, for Goldfinger. Stop. Look. He's gunning for trouble. Double O seven. It spells Bond. He's the idol of every woman. Who are you? Bond. James Bond. The envy of every man. The nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger. Thrill-making cinema entertainment. The man with the mind. A three-time winner for Fleming's secret agent 007. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. Isn't it customary to grant the condemned man his last request? You've asked for this. Come and purr over Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore. The female who is all feline. Also starring Gert Froper as Goldfinger. International cheat. International menace. Gentlemen! Goldfinger, why weren't we told the New York and the West Coast weren't on this? Goldfinger, I made a delivery. Where is my money? 
And you owe me one million bucks. Goldfinger, the man with a finger in every pie. His goal, Fort Knox, the world's biggest bank. His enemy, 007, the world's wiliest, toughest gentleman agent with a license to kill. 007, it spells... Bond. James Bond, mixing business with girls and thrills. Girls and fun. Girls and danger. The hotter the danger, the cooler he takes it. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. somebody needs some spelling lessons because <laughs> i don't think 007 actually does spell bond. Yeah, no they, somebody really really thought they had something going with that it's like they did yo, didn't they <laughs> yeah i put in my notes even if you flip the seven over and make an l you can get lou ool or olo but you can't get, <laughs> get bond yeah, there's, there's no b there there's, there's just not if you stack the o's this is an eight that's it doesn't work <laughs> yeah Let's say, Jared, first watch or rewatch for you? This would be a rewatch. Pat, I think I know the answer. <laughs> it's a rewatch for me, yep. And Delvin? First watch for me. So, I mean, oh, you cool. always got me to rely on for not watching. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, because that's one of the fun things of doing this is actually getting somebody's fresh take on stuff that some of the others, the rest of us may have seen multiple times over. So that's always cool. I think it's Jared's time to go first with his... Woo-hoo. multiple notes or is it just five notes on this one i actually have four notes on this one now oh. that we've taken care of lou ool and olo <laughs> uh, but uh i really like the stop look you know it's very grabbing you know and i think they're going to continue that up for thunderball don't they do like look up look down something like that with thunderball as well now i did notice they got the shirley bassey theme a little bit into this one it makes me wonder how closely they cut that trailer <laughs> once again and I noticed that Shirley was in on that one. I made it up that says they're really hitting their stride with branding. It's James Bond. I mean, even with 007 spells Bond, we made a joke, but it's like 007, Bond, Connery. Like, they're really tying these three things together in a tight bundle at this point. And I just love that last line. It's another Bond buster. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. That was and another I- one, though. It's like, you know, someone's like, ooh. Bond, it's like bomb, and it, it, if you put 007 with it and combine them, it no. makes you wonder which one won. Which one was it supposed to be? Was it supposed to be Bond Buster in the beginning, or <laughs> 007 spells Bond? You know, it's like one of them lost. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Bond Buster? I don't know. Anyway, that's all the notes I have. I'll save it for somebody else. Cool. Delvin, what did you make of this one? This one had more of the vibes of the first one to me if i don't know if we're rating them or not it doesn't matter but i I think that from rush with love was the best one 
This one wasn't bad because it was portraying Goldfinger as the big bad guy. And they went away from listing each individual main character like they did in From Russia With Love. Uh, one thing that I was kind of looking at, I was like, why, why didn't they spotlight Oddjob any in this movie? Because, I mean, Oddjob was one heck of a formidable henchman for Goldfinger and a formidable foe for Bond. So kind of surprised they omitted him. Because, I mean, heck, you know me and my lack of attention to detail, I remember Odd Job from Goldfinger because he was that memorable. Anyway, from a martial arts standpoint, it was interesting that Honor Blackman's judo flip was much more realistic than when someone grabbed Bond from behind and he just kind of like shrugged him off. I'm like, no, that, he, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to do that, James, like unless the dude was just like 98 pounds. Anyway. Yeah, so it was cool seeing Honor Blackman get her moment like that, even though it kind of ended weird with her being flipped into the hay. Uh, like, they could have left that out, I think. She would have looked more beautiful and, like, powerful just by, you know, giving James that flip. That would have given her more of a moment rather than just looking like, not a damsel, but just maybe an ineffective fighter, if you get what I'm saying. Because, like, all throughout the movie, she was really, really capable and awesome and memorable, too. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Oh, wait, one more. It was definitely good seeing Goldfinger, Gert Froba. Like, I mean, he looked very imposing. It was good seeing him. And, and of course, he got to repeat his very memorable line of, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die, which is an all-time line. And given the context of the movie, it was, in my opinion, even more all-time. So that was a good moment, too. I don't know if you caught it, but actually, he's got two different voices. When he says, choose your next witticism, carefully, Mr. Bond, it could be your last. That's actually Gert Froba's voice. And then when he's walking up the stairs and says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die, that's the dubbed voice. Oh, <laughs> nice. I did not catch that. If you listen to it carefully, you can actually hear it's actually two separate voices. And his English was fine. If that's an example of what his natural speaking voice was like, it seemed fine to me. But yeah. Pat. Like Jared, I got some notes as well, too. Some of it he already said. One that he didn't was Blue Onesie. It's cool to see that thing. Again. I left it for somebody. I was like, oh, yes, yeah, the Terry Cloth onesie. Yes. Yeah. The star of the whole, no, uh, that, yeah. star of the whole trailer. Absolutely. Exactly. And as Jared mentioned before, the song, this is the first time you hear an actual song for the movie in it being played. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I'm like, oh, Goldfinger. I know that song. I like some of the words that they were saying. I think there was a lot of catchy phrases and things that either the announcer said with, you know, 007 spells bond, the man with a finger in every pie. <laughs> Took me as I'm like, what is it? <laughs> anyway, the hotter the danger, the cooler he takes it. <laughs> and then it's another bond buster. So lots of fun with this one, but I do agree with Delvin. I think they kind of dragged this one out. Definitely from Russia with love was hit, hit the sweet moment of action, give you what you need to know about it, but don't give it all away. And this one was 30 seconds shorter than the really. Yep. I would say, I agree if the, from Russia with love have felt the shortest of the three of them, I think. So I, I mentioned the gut throw where it's still his original voice. There's actually another part of this trailer that they used a outtake which is the DB5 chase scene crash. If you watch very carefully when the DB5 crashes, it actually goes all the way through the wall. Oh. Which was the original take, and then they didn't want that 
one of the movies where it stops partway into the wall, but you can actually see it in the trailer right it. disappear right through the wall. So, yeah. And they gave away the granny with a machine gun, which... Right? Um, <laughs> Come on! <laughs> so, okay. So, would this make you go watch this in the movies theater? Let's start with Pat. Yeah, I think it would. The action in it would definitely draw me in and interesting villain. Yeah. Delvin? It would, but probably the least out of the three, which is, it's interesting for me to say because Goldfinger is probably my, my favorite Bond movie, but I don't know. There were just some elements of it, that editing of it just seemed choppy. So it's interesting that even though this one was 30 seconds shorter, it says something about just good editing. Good editing can make, you know, something seem seamless and flawless and your, your eyes and ears and your senses are just attuned to the whole thing and you're not even looking at how much time is left and on this one you might peek at the clock a little bit like eh, how, long, how long is this taking and, and so it drugged just a little bit but wasn't bad I, I still would go watch it especially if i had seen the first two and were intrigued by the bond universe i'd be interested to see who goldfinger is and what it's about and i do like that they revealed the plot that hey this gold finger guy who seems to be all about gold is going to the place in the United States where there is, wait for it, gold. So <laughs> I mean, it, it would be intriguing enough that you would want to go and, and check it out. Jared? Yeah, largely agree with what the fellas had to say. Uh, Delvin had real good insights, especially there. It's kind of fascinating to me that as I understand it, this is the movie that really blew up the franchise. Like, as I understand it, most people came to From Rush with Love and Dr. Noah's sort of double bills with Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, particularly here in the States, yeah. Okay, in stateside. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So it clearly worked <laughs> as intended because, like, this is the one that really, really blew up and, like, cemented the franchise into great, great success in the U.S. So, yeah, I, I agree with the guys. Though I, again, though, I do find it catchy with the stop and the look and the playing of the Shirley Bassey. There's a lot to like in there. So certainly, yes, I'd see this film. Very cool. I think it's actually interesting. I think this is one of the ones where the trailer doesn't really give you the promise that the movie delivers. The movie is a much better experience than the trailer promises, if that makes sense. I'm not sure I'm getting it delivered does. correctly, but yeah. Saying the trailer undersells the feature? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Okay, I've actually decided to completely change the way I want to actually wrap this up. Awesome. And it's, Del- <laughs> it's Delvin's fault, okay? Because originally I was going to go, let's do our one to seven and lump in the three trailers together, but I don't think that's going to quite work. So off the cuff, and I think I probably know the answers, but let's actually rank the three trailers instead. So is Delvin, you basically put the idea in my head as we were talking. How would you, and I think I know the answer, but how would you rank these three trailers together? From Russia with Love would be my number one. Dr. No would be my number two. And Goldfinger would be my number three. And two and three are close. Number one, to me, just far and away the best trailer between the action. And I love the listing of the characters because they each get their role of importance. I like that the best. Cool. Uh, Pat, how would you rank these three? I'm going to go with From Russia with Love as my number one. It's no secret here. But I'm going to flip my two and my three around. I'm going to go with two as Goldfinger. And then three is going to be Dr. No. Just because Dr. No really kind of dragged out more for me than what Goldfinger did. 
And one thing I w- wanted to mention that is that these all came out every year, right? Yeah. So and I can't remember when we were going through rookie agents when that stopped. I'd have to go look it up. When there was a when there became a bigger gap between they went from one year to two years. Two, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To you know whatever nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting to see as you're watching these trailers. Just every year, there's a buildup to it. There's a right. buildup. There's a buildup, and that's within a, a year's time, which is really amazing to go through the movie making process. You would think it would take several, you know, at least two years or so. Well, now they spread the trailers over one year, two years. I mean, yeah. you start getting the teaser trailer. And you get the first trailer, and then you get like three or four trailers over, you know, a two year. I, I can't even tell you how much I hate that. I hate trailer <laughs> culture. Like, I, I get it. I understand the reason why about creating buzz and stuff for the movie, but what inevitably happens is that people try to guess the movie. They'll come out with a three minute trailer, and then you'll get people mad because they're like, oh, well, this thing is going to happen. And I can't believe that they would do this. Like, the movie is going to be two hours. (laughs) They gave you three minutes. You can't possibly know what's going to happen. And yet, that's what people do nowadays. I almost wish that they would go back to just doing that one tight trailer and, okay, go see the movie. Especially since there's so many platforms to see the movie on nowadays. Everyone's going to vent. You're going to know what the movie's going to be about five minutes after it comes out, you know? So just do one tight trailer and then, like, let the movie come out in the theaters and then it's going to be immediately available on some streaming platform in, like, a couple weeks after anyway. Sorry for my soapbox. No, no, no. I I agree with you. I wish this whole thing of having trailers for the trailer and sneaks and uh, teasers (laughs) drives me nuts. So uh, I, I agree with you completely, Delvin. Just have one nice trailer and just stick with it. So, so Jared, how would you rank these, these three? Uh, let's talk more about trailer culture. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we do a whole podcast on that. I feel, you know what? I will add this. I feel like it started with the, I think, Star Wars Phantom Menace. Like I worked at the movie theater. I remember people coming to the movie, whatever movie it was, that just had the trailer on it. They watched the trailer and leave. Yeah. Like they yeah. only came to the movies to see the trailer for the new Star Wars and then they left. <laughs> That's when you knew it was taking over. Anyways, let me rank these bad boys. Number one is clearly from Rush With Love. I'm with Pat. Two is Goldfinger. Three is Dr. No. Two and three are really tight. I think I gave two the edge because it had the Shirley Bassey song in it. Yeah, Alan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm actually with Jared and Pat. It was uh, from Rush With Love, Goldfinger, and then Dr. No. So I was, uh, I'm not sure because the Dr. No was the introducing the whole concept and the Connery narration is so unique and stuff. So, That's yeah, true. again, really close on those. Okay, cool. So, did you guys enjoy this go round of looking at the trailers? And not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. No, yeah, it makes you want to kind of go back and start watching the movies again. Uh, yeah, and just reliving what we experienced already. That's good to hear. So thanks, guys. Thanks for doing that. And uh, that sort of brings us to the end of the first round of trailers. And that's the show for this time around. As a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter page at ohmspod. 
And if you like, you can even use email uh, that I just mentioned. As a reminder, that's ohmspod at outlook.com or send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might even play it on the show. Please try to keep your audio file to around 30 seconds or less, and we would love to hear from you and make you part of the show. Also, if you're an iTunes listener or Apple podcast, I think as it's now called, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. That will help raise the show's profile and attract more of the 007 family to this program. As a reward for leaving a review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of Rogue Agents. I want to thank Jared, Delvin, and Pat for joining me on this episode. Uh, Jason doesn't know what he missed. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find the rest of the crew on the internet. Uh, Delvin, where can you be found? I can be found on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY 1977. What about you, Pat? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. And you can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com, which does include some James Bond stuff. What about you, Alan? So for Bond stuff, you can follow me on Twitter at BondLexicon or go to the website jamesbondlexicon.online, which is a companion website for our book, which is called The James Bond Lexicon, surprisingly. Okay, so uh, thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode of Rogue Agents. If you enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, you can check out The Long Box Crusade. Pat, where can we find out more? Well, Alan, I am glad you asked. You can find The Long Box Crusade on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and so much more, all at Long Box Crusade. Just go out there and search it. You'll find it. Back to you, Alan. Thank you, Pat, and I highly recommend all the Longbox Crusade episodes and shows. There's a wide variety of stuff on there. It's all really cool listening. Thanks to the fellas for taking on yet another dangerous mission, and thanks to the listeners who tuned in. The next episode of Rogue Agents will feature Jared's Choice, but Honor Majesty's secret podcast will return. This episode features the James Bond GoldenEye 007 Trap Remix by The Whiddler. when I was with Am in Tokyo, we had an interesting experience. Outtakes. Thank you, Miss Moneypenny. That's all. That's all. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so much more, all at yardsaleartist.com. Uh, yeah, no. Yes! <laughs> See, you got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, shut that dog up. What?